This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. And this week we're pleased to welcome uh, a, a lady called Claire Pooley, uh, who has written a book called The Sober Diaries, which I guess gives you a bit of a clue about what we're going to be talking about. Um, Booze. Cl- yeah, um, Claire is mum of three. Uh, and I think I'm right in saying, Claire, that uh, after the birth of your third child, you found yourself drinking at home, as people do, but it started to become more and more of an issue in terms of the volume and the effect that it was having on your your life, really. Yes, that's right. I mean, I, I saw motherhood from both sides, really, as a, both as a, a working mum and then as a stay-at-home mum. And um, both were incredibly rewarding, but also quite hard. And I would get to the end of the day, and like mums all over the country, I'd crack open a bottle of wine, and I would pour a very large glass and sit there and think, right, this is me time. Mm. And it was the way I sort of segued way from one part of the day into the next yes and um, I never thought that was an issue because my Facebook feed was filled with people talking about wine o'clock and you know mummy's little helper and all that sort of stuff and you know so it, it didn't seem like an issue but the problem is that one glass then turned into two glasses and two glasses turned into three glasses and it just took more and more to have the same effect and Mm. that's I suppose the nature of an addictive drug which alcohol is and so eventually by the time I was in my mid-40s I was drinking a bottle of wine every day Mm. and actually the weekends if I was going out to a party I could probably get through two bottles Mm. of wine Okay. And one day I sat and added it all up and I was quite shocked to discover that I was drinking about 10 bottles of wine a week. Okay. And however much you try and ignore the government guidelines, even yeah. I knew. <laughs> yes, 100 yeah. units a week is probably a bit out of control. getting a bit out of control. Yeah. And what was it, how was it affecting you both uh, physically and also did you at that stage look at your parenting and thinks is, is it is it making me more ratty with the kids? Yeah, you know what, it had so many different effects and, um, you know, I mean, for physically I was two stone overweight. Um, I also, I had terrible insomnia, which I hadn't thought initially was to do with the alcohol, mm. but then realised it was, in that I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning and not be able to get back to sleep. And I had, I was anxious quite a lot of the time. And again, I hadn't, I thought that alcohol helped with anxiety and only started to realise that it was actually causing the anxiety in the first place. And in terms of being being a parent, it, it started making everything, again, where I thought it was helping, I started realising that it was actually making being a mum much harder. So, you know, to start with, if you wake up in the morning feeling under par, you know, everyone, you know, that's not a, not a good idea when you've got young children who yeah. wake up like little Duracell bunnies, you know, Ding. ready to, to greet the day. So so that's not, not a good thing. And it was making me ratty. It was making me, you know, more less patient than, than I should be. And just little things like, 
you know, if I was reading bedtime stories, instead of lingering over them and enjoying them, I'd want to skip through as quickly okay. as I could so I could get downstairs and open that that glass of wine. Would you oh, typically of wine, would you typically have it so you, in your mind that that was the point at which it's okay to open a bottle of wine is once the kids have gone to bed? Well, you know, it started off being that, yeah. but as the children got older and went to bed later. Um, you know, I, I would end up opening a bottle of wine while I was cooking their supper. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, it started interfering with the bedtime routine. I know, I mean, I've had a look at the book, and it's a very honest uh, account in there. And there's a, 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 a bit that I read about first, you know, in the morning when you've got some wine left over in the bottle mm. and you pour it into a mug. Yeah. To drink it. Yeah, that that was my low moment. <laughs> that that was a moment when I knew that that I had to stop because I think we all set ourselves rules, don't we? And we yes. say, you know, I will not drink um uh you know, I I will not drink in the um in the morning mm. was my big thing, you know. I mean, uh, usually I wouldn't drink till after 6 in the evening at weekends. Mm. I wouldn't drink until lunchtime. Mm. Um, and that one day I woke up with a terrible hangover. It was after, the day after my birthday party. And I knew that the only thing that would take the edge off the hangover was having another drink. Which hair is, of the dog. Yeah, yeah hair mm. of the dog, which is a, quite a bad sign, really. Mm. And I found a tiny bit of red wine left in a bottle, which was unusual, because I didn't normally leave any wine <laughs> sitting around in a bottle. Yeah. Um, and because the children were there, and it was 11 o'clock in the morning, I poured it into a mug, um, thinking that you know they, it wouldn't be obvious to them that I was drinking. And I sat there for the first time ever with alcohol in my hand before midday and I looked at the mug and it said world's best mum and I felt oh, really yeah. awful. Was and it the fact that you were concealing it from your kids? Was that? Do you think that was part of it? Was the fact that on some level you'd you'd realised that this was something I couldn't let the kids yeah, see mummy yeah. drinking wine? It was it was the deceit and yeah. it was it was the time and both of those things were red lines that I mm. told myself I was never going to cross. And that was the moment I thought I am never ever drinking again, and I haven't had a drink since that was three years ago, nearly. Mm. Um, it's really, it's so. really interesting. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, as, as regular listeners will know, you know, dad with a, a 22-month-old and another one on the way, due, due in that Yay. April. Very, <laughs> very exciting, slightly nervous, but very exciting. And I, and, and I find myself some days opening a bottle of wine and drinking just one glass too many mm. of that bottle so you feel... You don't, you don't feel yourself and you're aware that you've got a child asleep upstairs and my wife isn't drinking at the moment which is quite right because she's pregnant and so it's just one of you drinking and I've got home you know I do the pickup, and given Jackson his dinner at about half five and had a glass of wine and told myself well I've been up since half five this morning that kind of like you know oh, doc- docker's mentality yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. where or you know when we, we've been on holiday in France and when you see people having their pastis at you know like 10 o'clock in the morning it goes back to when they worked in the fields where the sun came up and that their days out of sync and I've found myself telling myself you know oh it's fine I've been up since five I'm going to be going to bed at like you know half past eight nine o'clock because I'm tired so it's fine to have that glass of wine but there's something in the, a little voice at the back of my head saying well, it's not right mm. to be drinking a glass of wine with my 20 month old child because it, wine's sort of a social lubricant generally and, and it's mm. uh, something you enjoy in company and it's tantamount almost to drinking alone 
yeah, I think. Yeah. If you, well, that's how I feel, and, and I have, you know, questioned it. Well, yeah. it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I talk about the fact that you know I think drinking is great if it's about social lubrication, yes. and but for me, it started, it ended up being self-medication. Mm, yeah. And you know, I drank when I was happy. I drank when I was sad. I drank when I was stressed. Mm. I drank when I was celebrating, mm. and you know. It's, and the drinking alone thing is interesting because that used to be a stigma. In, in our parents' day, mm. you didn't drink alone. It just wasn't something you did. But, you know, I grew up in the era of Sex and the City and Bridget Jones and all of, you know, the ladettes yeah. and everything. Yeah. And Bridget Jones drank alone, you yeah. know, singing rock ballads yeah. into a hairbrush. Yeah, yeah. And the Sex and the, you know, yeah. Carrie would sit there with her large yeah. glass of, uh, or a large cosmopolitan while she was, yeah. she was writing away in Sex and the City. And, you know, I mean, it, drinking alone was what, you know, young, emancipated women did at the end mm. of the day if they lived alone, which I did for some time. And uh, and it, so for me, that wasn't a stigma. No. And actually, yeah. I, I think it should be, really, mm. because I think that's when it starts becoming a bit of a, a problem. I should point out, actually, that my, my situation is, is one very similar to Claire's in that I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast. Yeah. I, I haven't had a drink for coming up on two years. Um, but that wasn't because of parenting. No, that, and that's the interesting thing, I suppose, is that Claire's experience is very much, you've got to, I, I imagine, I don't want to put words in your mouth, <laughs> but I imagine you've got kind of parenting pre-sober, well, pre-being sober and post, in the yes, sense that it's probably, yeah, they probably yeah, feel very different. Yeah. I, I've only ever been a, a teetotal parent. Um, I used to drink way too much. I come from a family, a big Scottish family, where everybody likes to drink, everyone likes to laugh. But as you say, I think there, there comes a point where personally maybe it tips over into something where you notice you're drinking on your own and you notice all the excuses mm. you're making and you notice all the red lines you're crossing. And mine, mine was getting a little bit out of hand. Um, it was making, And the thing that I was finding is I was getting very frustrated with things, things that were really pointless and silly, um, and getting very angry about trivial matters and, re- and taking it out on people I shouldn't have been. Um, and I kind of got to a point where I realised this was the case and said, right, I'm just going to go for a bit with it. I, I, I never sort of washed my hands completely of booze, but I said, right, I don't want to do this. And actually, ironically enough, um, having thought, okay, maybe I'll have a month off and see how, I, see how I go, I think two months after I'd had my last drink, my wife became pregnant. And we were trying for a baby, and maybe that was that's perhaps not a coincidence. Uh, but... Um, uh, we we found out she was pregnant, and I suppose at that point it felt like it was all kind of marrying up. And actually, because of all those all those things that were happening to me, I think largely because of the amount I was drinking, the anger, the frustration, the little bouts of rage, and the mm. generally being an idiot, um, <laughs> I, I, I sort of came to I, I began to realise actually, well, when you have a baby, you can't be doing these things. You yeah. can't be losing your temper at the, at the mm. smallest thing, um, because with a baby, there's there's all manner of reasons to lose your yeah. temper. You know, people get frustrated. It's mm. difficult. It's hard work um, and so actually it became like okay right now we've got an added reason to not drink yeah. and actually as time went by I think it was only sort of three four months in I thought I don't think I'm going to drink anymore I, I hadn't sort of I hadn't washed my hands of it completely initially it was more a kind of let's see how we go and the difference in me and it was I think you, you're right there's obviously all these physical symptoms I started to lose a bit of weight and there was all these other things but it was the mental side of it for me that it just felt really liberating yeah. and, and looking around and thinking actually I don't need to drink that, mm. and you know I, I had got to a point where I did need to drink for all the reasons you outlined well you know I, I found that it 
it um, it had major effects, like things like you know I'm much less anxious, I sleep mm. like a baby. Although actually, uh, this is a stupid expression because babies yeah. don't sleep very well, do they? We're both felt for that. You know, I'm uh, uh, and you know I, I'm much more creative. I'm much more energetic. You know, my whole life is is transformed actually. Mm. And you know, I have so many more hours in the day to mm. to do stuff. But you know, I mean the. I think you're right about about you know dealing with with small you know babies when you know when you're drinking. But you know I, I find also as my children get older, um, I I'm quite what I'm pleased about is I'm I'm a better role model mm. I think now because I remember when my little one was in reception and she was learning to read. I went to go and collect her from school, and her teacher said pulled me over and she said. Oh, you know, some, Maddie said something really funny the other, you know, today, and I just thought I'd tell you. And I said, Oh, yes, you know. And she said, Well, we were reading this book called um, A Cup of Tea, and I said, Oh, does Mummy like a cup of tea? And she said, Oh no, Mummy likes a glass of wine. And I went ha 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 ha, and the teacher went ha 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 ha. But actually, I I was a bit gutted about yeah. that because yeah, you know yeah. I realised the truth. Yeah, well, what I was doing was I was showing my children that it's normal for growth ups to use wine every single day mm. to, Self-medicate. to, to mm. yeah to deal with regular mm. ups and downs of life and that's mm. not really a good a good message I don't think. no no I mean I, I think we probably have people listening who are saying well I have a glass of wine in the evening I don't have a bottle of wine in the mm. evening I probably drink three or four times a week yeah. have a glass of wine and if I have if there's a birthday I might have a bit too much to drink yeah yeah and that's probably fine but that's, that is okay, yeah, um, that's, that is okay. I think that's absolutely fine We're talking if you about can the, do that yeah then that's great. You know, I I applaud you. In fact, I envy you yeah. <laughs> because that's something that I just wasn't able to do and I tried and tried to drink As, like yeah. that. And I think and that's the point. Sensible. I think it's a really important point and it's one that I, I encounter all the time when you tell people you don't drink. There's an assumption that you are anti-alcohol. Mm. I am not, and I know we, Claire and I were no. discussing this before we started recording, that I know you feel the same way. It's not about being against the concept of drinking alcohol. It's that it's different for everybody. Mm. Everyone has their own personal experience. I now, looking back in hindsight knowing having had a couple of years of not drinking drink was never for me it didn't suit me it didn't Mm. suit me physically or mentally but I've got friends who will happily have a few beers or a few glasses of wine and you know it, yeah. it, they, they can drink pro- they, I want to say drink properly properly probably not the right word normally or normally or sensibly, but sensibly. Or, um, <laughs> um, and it doesn't affect them in the same mm. way and it, you know alcohol is, is a drug and it affects different people in different and, ways and Rich would you say that you are probably never going to have a drink again at this point, I would. And the interesting thing is that the thing that keeps sticking in my head, and it's almost something I look forward to, is the point where Ben, who's my son, who is coming up on 10 months old now, um, I kind of look forward to the point where he says to me when we're at a big family gathering, Daddy, why is why, why are you not drinking wine? You know, why everyone else is drinking wine? Why are you not drinking wine? And being able to explain to him and say, you know, in very simple terms, well, I, it's not for me, so yeah. you know, I, I don't like it. Daddy doesn't like it anymore. My daddy used to, but I don't. I don't like. Does, and does, almost, your, does your wife still drink? She does. But the, what's interesting is that my wife used to, you know, like me in her twenties, she she liked to drink. <laughs> She'd go out and um, and really enjoy herself. And now, through even though I've said to her countless times that don't don't let my non-drinking affect you, she's just ended up drinking far less, and she yeah. feels far better. For husband, she he, she he still has the odd glass of wine, but. She drinks far less, and she always says she feels so much better for yeah. it. But you know, I'm quite glad that my husband still drinks mm. because I, I think the children then um, they can see me not drinking yeah. and know that life is possible without alcohol. But they can also yes. see somebody That's a very drink. Good point. Yeah. 
sensibly yes. and moderately, which my husband does curse him. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. um, you know, and I, I think that's really good for them because they are growing up in a world that is awash with with booze, and yeah. and you know, I, th- I think you need to be able to learn how to navigate that. It can't properly. be one extreme or the other. You exactly. Need to this if we way were they both see, teetotal, I, I'm not yeah. sure that you know. I, I think I that might be quite tricky for them thing, to, yeah. to to learn that. Claire, why, why did you decide? that you were going to knock it out altogether, that alcohol. Mm. Why, I mean, you've spoken about the, the volumes. Why d- did you think, right, I'm going to dry out, so yeah, to speak, yeah. and then I'm going to have a sensible relationship with alcohol? Um, <laughs> it's a really good question because I, I tried to do that. I mean, I didn't want to give up, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't want to give up altogether. What I really wanted to do is is be that person that you described who could drink three days a week and, and you know, not too much, etc. But, you know, I think there are two sorts of people in this world. And I, I know this from, you know, I've, I've been writing a, a blog for three years called um, Mummy Was a Secret Drinker, which was what led to the mm. book. And my readers all say the same thing. You know, there are two sorts of people. There are people who are good at moderating, and my husband is one of them. And there are people who are all-or-nothing types. And I'm an all-or-nothing type. I'm not good at moderating anything. Mm. I can't moderate crisps. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I don't moderate with my friendships, with mm. my children. You know, I'm just. I'm just like that. And that's what I'm like with booze. I just can't. I can't just keep a lid on it, mm. and and I, I, you know, I can do it for a bit, but I find it exhausting. Mm. And actually, for me, it's much simpler just mm. thinking, you know, I am not drinking mm. at all ever anything, uh, because it that's just a very simple. Mm. It's you very know. enlightening. I'm sitting here nodding because mm. I'm, I've never thought of myself as an all or nothing person, but the way you've just mm. outlined that, that's exactly what I am. Actually. Yeah, and yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly so the same. That and that realization, in terms of the alcohol, particularly, came to you like in your 40s mm. um, do you look at your children because we all look at our children and think what personality traits yeah, they've yeah. inherited perhaps from us mm. do you think look at your kids and think well what future I do yeah do you do, is in store you've got three kids right yeah yeah. and and my and children are, are different so so uh, you know the youngest is nine the oldest is 14 okay and and I do you know I my middle child um has a completely different sort of relationship with um, uh, chocolate mm. than his siblings. So, so if they go out trick or treating, you know they will they will all come back with a big sort of you know bucket of sweets. Yep. And the oldest one and the youngest one will eke those sweets out over a period of about a month, you know, and they'll mm. store mm. them away and they'll they'll use them as sort of little treats every now and again. My middle one will eat them all in one go until he feels physically sick. Okay. <laughs> and he, he just can't leave them right. sitting in his room. And I know he's the one to watch. Yeah, because you recognise that. Yeah, trait, yeah, and because and, I know he's like me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I, I'm already talking to him about, you know, just be careful yeah. that, you know, you don't overdo it. And, you know, but um, I don't, I look back on those days of, of drinking. I don't, in a way, I don't regret them. Mm. They were great fun. Yeah. I just sort of feel like I did what he does with his Halloween sweets. Yes. I drank my whole booze ration in the period of 20 years and I've run out. <laughs> yeah, and, that's and, a good and I sort of, sounds yeah. very, very familiar. And I sort of think, well, yeah. that's fair enough. You yeah. know, I, I, yeah. I've, I've, I've had, it's not yeah. that I'm drinking any less than anyone else. I just drank it all faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're spreading I'm yours out. Exactly, yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not. I feel exactly the same way in the sense that 
again we were discussing before we started recording that I'm essentially very boring now I'm a man in his late 30s who you know lives at home with his wife and child likes nothing more than just staying at home with his wife and child doesn't drink doesn't do any of these things but in my 20s I was at the other end of the spectrum mm. I was working for men's magazines I was doing all sorts of weird and wonderful and ridiculous things acting like a prat for a living drinking loads going out partying loads dating loads of different women I, mean, I was doing all these things and it's as you say I kind of feel like well I got it all out of my system mm. and now I'm quite happy being born yeah, yeah and exactly being there and, done that and you know and I, I do feel Got for me, yeah, <laughs> I do feel that for me it makes me a better dad that is not to say to be very clear here I'm not saying that pe- everyone would be a better dad if they didn't drink mm. that is not what I'm saying at all I'm saying for me personally I'm a much better father than I would be if I was drinking yeah I, Definitely. I wonder and I've sort of read this before that our parents generations they got married a lot younger mm. and had children a lot younger our generation seems to be having children in their you know mid to late 30s so we've got we've had more socializing time mm. so it may be alcohol's more established in our lives mm. than somebody of our parents generation who had a child when they were in their early 20s and they hadn't had this kind of lifestyle of going out drinking parties mm. weekends yeah. because we all know everyone in this room and everyone's listening who's got children knows once you have children there's a change to your social yeah. socialising I think yeah. well I think one of the things that makes a difference from our parents generation is our parents would drink when they went out yeah. um, so they would drink in the pub or they would drink if they went out to a restaurant um, whereas our generation um, have, have grown up drinking from home and we get yeah. our wine delivered by the you know the supermarket delivery service and it's perfectly normal to sit there and, and drink at home in the evening mm. and uh, that um, you know, with friends, and then if you end up like me, drinking on your own, yeah. um, and and that our parents never really did that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, I guess new. I guess mm. that's true. And we've got we've got supermarkets, and uh, and the, the the chance of the exec exec to thank for, <laughs> for that, haven't we? The kind of the cost of drinking in a pub versus my, my mum always makes that point actually because she, you know, my mum and dad, they both like a drink. I'm sure they would not not mind me saying that in the sense that they enjoy themselves they enjoy socialising they always have I remember as kids we'd always have people over for dinner you know neighbours or friends or family there'd always be people around and it was you know it was a kind of it was a nice house to grow up in in the sense that there was always stuff going on there was always parties or all that kind of thing and that, and that was because and people would come in and have a drink but my mum always says this that she looks at the way that my brothers and I in particular drink or have, have or drank rather in the past as we were growing up and she doesn't recognise it she doesn't mm. she doesn't recognise that kind of relationship mm. in terms of the way we would drink and how we would drink the sort yeah. of binge drinking the going out and drinking until you pass out mm. type thing yeah. you know, that, that, and that, that that's sense. catching up I think on my generation mm. I mean I'm I'm now 48 I had to think about that for a second <laughs> I'm now 48 and um, you know so I, I know I've, I've spent uh, nearly 30 years drinking um and and it you know so i I think it's just you know just caught up with me it's Mm. you know it just got to that time Mm. where where i sort of had enough but interestingly um just going back to the thing about parenting and and Mm. booze i asked my my son whether he thought i was different that was going to be my next question (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i said you know has has mummy changed since she stopped drinking and this must, must, must have been about Nearly a year after this I quit. Is the fourteen-year-old? No, the oh, middle one. So, so he's at the time. I think he was about ten. Okay. Um, and I said, you know, am I, am I different since I stopped drinking? He went, yes. He said, you're much more. And he stopped. And all of us were sitting around waiting to hear what word he was going to use. And I thought, is he going to say, you know, 
attractive or <laughs> energetic yeah, yeah. or interesting. And, you know, and he went, you're much more... And they went, mummy-ish. <laughs> well, I and, think that's a positive. Yeah, yeah that's, that's and actually, thing. I really love that. Yeah. I thought, actually, I am more mummy-ish. Yeah. And that's sort of, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, how, when you were drinking, I mean... It, I briefly mentioned, you know, sometimes my wife might say, "Daddy's got his uh, goldfish bowl of glass or of wine or whatever," mm. uh, and it, there's a, there's a slight judgment going on. In, in, you know, that's a big glass of wine you've poured yourself. Yeah, yeah. How did your husband approach your drinking? Did he sort of was he worried about it? Did he flag it up? Did he say, "Claire, you know, maybe not tonight"? Um, he, a few times, although not that many, he said, I think you need to cut down. I think you're drinking too much. And I think the reason he didn't say it very much is because I bit his head off yes. and he did. Yes. My mother was the only other person that ever said anything and I yelled at her as well. Mm. Because, you know, the truth is none of us really want to be confronted with something that we know is true. Yes. Um, so, you know, at the time I yelled at him, but it did sink in and it did niggle away at me. So... You know, um, uh, and but he wasn't expecting me to give up altogether. I think that shocked him. Okay. <laughs> so, and I was worried that you know I was I was really worried about that. I was worried that I was changing the rules of our relationship. Yeah. Mm. And that you know I did that. Did you think about that when you quit? Did I that did too? in the sense that 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 idea of how is this going to affect my wife, and that's why I, I said to Lindsay, my wife, many many times, particularly in the early days of this, look, I do not want you to think that you can't drink around me. Yeah, I, you know, I said I'm not the an same. alcoholic. I'm not. I, you know, I, I don't need to have a drink. I've made this choice here to say, do you know what, I'm going to cut this mm-hmm. out for a bit and see how I go. Um, and I was very to the point where I was almost forcing wine on her. Yeah. Have a drink. <laughs> Just have a drink. Look, don't worry about me. Have a drink. Have a drink. You know. Yeah. Um, and actually, yeah, but she, through her own, entirely her own thinking, as I say, had sort of decided that well, actually maybe you're onto something here mm. because, you know, sometimes drink wouldn't affect her terribly well. And so she'd say, well, actually, maybe I'll cut down too. And so it's just kind of almost naturally mm. happened that way. Yeah. But I think you said yeah. your husband's cut yeah, down. Yeah, no, well. he drinks a lot less now. So mm. he's also lost loads of weight. He doesn't drink during the, during the week, he just drinks alcohol free beer, which he mm. loves. Which yeah. I, yeah, I drink so, a lot of that. Yeah, as well. I do yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and, and then now there are so many. When I first quit drinking, yeah. there were hardly any non alcoholic options that weren't orange juice or elderflower. Yeah, you yes. know, so. There's only so much diet coke <laughs> a man can drink in exactly, a pub. Exactly. I mean, exactly. my God. Like I'd come home and I'd feel wired sometimes. Particularly in the early days where you'd go and meet your friends in the pub. That was one of the more difficult ones because you know when you're at home and you're right you're not having a drink fine there's no it's not you know you're not expecting necessarily to have a drink whereas when you're in the pub with your friends i mean you're supposed to be having a few pints that's the idea that's what i would always have done yeah so that was quite that was one of the more challenging bits and there's only, as i say there's only so many times when you can say yeah i'll have another diet coke and did you find it what did you how did you find people's reactions when I you found, said they uh, were you know what you i drinking? and this is now that you say that that reminds me that the thing i think i was most concerned about because within a couple of weeks once I got over the initial hump, I was like, actually, this isn't too difficult. I think I've stumbled across something here. And within myself, I was quite resolved to it. And actually, mm. like, actually no, this is all right. I can do without those. This is fine. Um, and the thing that was playing on my mind at that point was largely my friends and family. Yeah. You know? And yeah, all the mitty-taking I could imagine coming up. and you know, All, all in mm. light-hearted, good-natured stuff. But I could think, oh, God. And actually, it was really interesting. A lot of my close friends, guys I've drunk with for 20 got 25 years nearly um they 
not 25 years that would make me drinking when I'm 10 <laughs> 20 years last 20 years or so uh, but guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys, guys I've been friends with you know my whole life and what was really interesting was alright oh, good for you mate you know and actually there was mm. genuine kind of you know we didn't, didn't sit down and have deep and meaningful chats about it but rather than like oh my god what's wrong with you have a beer it was more oh nice one yeah, yeah. good for you yeah. nice one well done that's interesting oh, and, that's it interesting. Re- and it was and um, it was oh okay and it was it was a genuinely pleasant surprise yeah. maybe I underestimated my friends a little yeah, um, but it was a really I nice surprise find, I didn't find that I, I found some people were like that but they were actually in the minority um you know, I, I found I found other people's reactions probably the most difficult mm. thing to deal with. So, you know, I was um, when I gave up smoking, which I gave up years and years ago. Um, everyone congratulated me and went, "Yay, well done! You're such a hero!" and what willpower. And when I gave up drinking, um, it, uh, the reaction was quite different. You know, people were I, I didn't really know what to say, and you know, I. I knew that they were thinking, oh, you know, does she have a real problem? Was mm. she was she a bad mother? Was mm. she drinking vodka in the mornings or whatever it might be? Um, and they were worried that, you know, I also was worried that they would think I was boring or that I was judging them, which I absolutely mm. wasn't. Um, so I, I think it was other people's reactions I found the most tricky. So I, I actually didn't tell people I quit drinking okay. for quite a long time, almost a year. You really? Know? So, yeah. Well, it would be very interesting to hear from people who are uh, going through something similar to Claire, um, particularly guys, because uh, and please email us at firstsundays at trinitymirror.com because I wonder, and Claire, you might have the answer, some of the answers to this, is through your blog, how widespread do you think the people in your situation are in terms of people that have been in contact with you? And what do you think the gender divide is or do you not really have the, the knowledge of the, the guys? Oh, um, uh, almost most of my readers are, are, are women, actually. So, or, or the ones that pipe up. You know, I think I've a lot of male <laughs> lurkers, yes, <laughs> but, yes, yes. but they don't they don't pipe up much. Um, so, uh, so I, I was. But talking of women, I know. You know, when I first started writing the blog, I did it really for therapy, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I wasn't really expecting anyone to to read it because I wasn't publicising it or anything. But I've you know found hundreds of thousands of readers around the world, and also, who all said the same thing. You know, I thought I was the only one who felt okay. like this. So what I would say is, if you are out there and you're thinking, God, I thought I was the only person that had a problem controlling alcohol, and um, you know, I don't know what to do about it, then you know, have a look at my book, The Sober Diaries, because you know, you're what you'll find and what so many people have said to me since they read it since they've read it is you know that's me you know that's that's my life that Mm. you're describing Mm. and you know I'm not the only one because you're not the only one Mm. and you know the other thing I would say is that life without alcohol might seem quite scary but it's actually brilliant and for you know for me anyway it is so much better Mm. than life was before so don't be scared don't feel alone you know, uh, there is. You know, there are thousands of people out mm. there just like you, mm. and there's lots of communities out there that can help. So there's my blog. There's also Club Soda, um, Soberistas. Um, they're both online mm. groups. Um, so yeah, know, there's on, lots of help. On that note, you mentioned about life being better. The thing I've noticed, um, and the, the sort of adjective that keeps coming back to me in terms of being sober for me personally is about being present, and I mm. feel. And it sounds a bit hippy dippy, but I feel far more present in my own life than I did beforehand. When I was drinking, I was drinking to almost, you know, it was a bit of escapism a lot of the time. Um, and when I think about 
the number of weekends I basically lost. I, mm. I, I joke sometimes about the amount of time in my <laughs> life. You add up all the hours of blackout that I had with the amount of drinking I was doing. Uh, I'd lose memory all the time. I'd wake up in you know the morning after a good night out with my mates and sort of say, "Gee, where did we end up last?" And you know I'd just lose mm. whole swathes of, of weekends. Um, and now I think about that in the context of being a dad, of being a parent, mm. and I think about how I am now there at all times with Ben. So when I'm with him, all these memories are going into my brain and they're yeah. not disappearing. Yeah. I'm not drowning them out. Um, and even you know, even the tough moments where I'm finding it different when he's been screaming for hours on end or whatever, I'm there for it all. So I'm sort of processing it all, and I think that's making me a better parent. And I'm just wondering if you recognise that as well in the sense of actually being present for your kids yeah and absolutely not sort of I, mean, I, I found that I'm, I'm now much more on the same wavelength as them yeah. okay. um, and um, you know I mean the ironic thing is that I gave up work when my third child was born so I could spend more time with my kids and then I spent quite a lot of time trying to run away from them mm. you know which is which is daft and mm. you know and I used to so if I was having friends round, I would organise it so that we had sort of adult activities and child activities yes. and and I, it was all very much geared around grown-ups doing mm. something different from the children. Whereas now, you know, I will organise stuff that we can all do together. Mm. And I'm much more, you know, I'm as I said, I'm much more on on the same wavelength as them. And um, you know, I'm I think I'm I'm much, as you say, much more present. You're not always looking ahead mm. to, you know, when you can have that time to yourself. Do you do you think? And I appreciate sure we're, we're sort of reaching the end of our time. Do you think that? If you hadn't had children, it's a bit of a, a, a difficult one to answer. I guess you would have still come to the same point with your drinking. Do you think that the having children made the drinking uh, more present in your in your uh, consciousness? Um, um, I I think maybe maybe um, I it wouldn't have been such a problem if I hadn't been at home so much yeah. because I think it was really that you know I had more opportunity yes. to, to drink earlier in you the can't day can't open a bottle of wine at your desk can you? yeah exactly so, um, so but I think I probably would have ended up where I ended up mm. at some point because you know it is you know alcohol as I said is, is addictive and it is you know drinking becomes progressive yeah so um, you know, so I think I probably would have ended up in trouble at some mm. point. Mm. It's an interesting idea because I'm not sure I could say the same for myself. Now that I've never thought about this until you asked that mm. question, mm. Steve. But the idea that I kind of got hold of it just before my wife became pregnant, and actually, if I think about where I am now, if it had gone on for another year or you know until after Ben was born, for instance, I'm not sure I would have had the the sort of space, if you like, the mental mm. capacity to say. Yeah. Actually, maybe I need to stop drinking. I would probably be sitting here with a massive hangover as we well, speak. You know, you know what? It is so much easier to quit if you quit before it becomes too problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, the the old adage of you have to wait to rock bottom before you can quit is absolute That's nonsense. nonsense. Yeah. You wait to rock bottom, you're going to find it really hard to claw your way out yeah. of it. And also, there'll be other things that will have happened on the way to rock bottom. That yeah, might make it yeah. Even the, more the, and and you know, you when you start losing the things that really matter, like your home and your job and your, well, you know, then then you've got you have very little left to live for so it makes you know the whole getting yeah. out of that becomes so much more tricky yeah so. well that makes sense doesn't it from what we know about people who have got drug addictions heroin addictions it's like if you've lost everything of course you're going to escape yeah mm. yeah you know. exactly so it becomes a sort of it becomes a vicious circle mm. so uh, so yeah i think the earlier you quit mm. the the easier it is i think it's worth again saying isn't it that we're not we're not um 
being out for bashes here. If you are listening to this <laughs> with a <laughs> large <laughs> glass of Merlot in your hands, <laughs> by all means finish it. Yeah, yeah. Wraps don't finish yeah. the bottle. Yeah, there, there are there are degrees to these things, aren't they? Some people get get to one, you know, sort of end of the spectrum, like Claire or myself, and think actually we've gone too far. But if you're someone who has a bottle of wine on a Friday night, yeah. shares a bottle of wine with your wife or your partner or whatever. That's that's not a problem. I feel like no. I should continue <laughs> drinking just so that we've got balance <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, but yeah. I think perhaps it has it certainly made me think, listening to you guys and talking about it, about how much and when it happens. Yeah. Um and I think if anyone takes away anything from this podcast, maybe that should be it. Mm, think about how much you're drinking and when you are drinking. Mm. Uh and, and why? And, and why you're drinking? Uh, and then perhaps you might opt, as we say, to make a few changes now, mm. rather than when it potentially uh, is a problem. Yeah. Mm. Why would be my big yeah. would be my big one? I'd agree yeah. with her on that because yeah. I think it's not to do with quantity. So I've, I've said that to a lot of people that it wasn't for me a quantity issue because I know guys. I've, I've, I hang around with close friends of mine who drink more than I used to but it was the reason behind it. Mm. So it wasn't to do with that I was drinking X amount, it was why I was drinking it. And I that's, to go back to the parenting thing, that is what would concern me, that now if I was drinking, I think I'd have so many more reasons yeah. based on my previous reasons. Yeah, yeah, I'd well, have so many more reasons yeah, to get drunk yeah, regularly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Claire, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Um, thank you, guys. And the yeah, book is called The Sober Diaries. Sober Diaries. Um, it's out now. Yes, uh, it's, available it's, uh, from all good bookshops and also online retailers. How one woman stopped drinking and started living, which I can, apart from the woman bit, I can totally relate. <laughs> um, and as I said, if you, um, if any of the uh, subjects in this podcast you've had a view on them, please let us know either by emailing us at firsttimedads at trinitymirror.com or by leaving some comments in the iTunes section when you're leaving us a review and a rating. Yeah, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, why the bloody hell not? Um, please do click subscribe <laughs> and uh, listen to us regularly. Um, thanks. Oh, we weren't allowed to swear. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, well, yeah, that was a slightly rude word. I do apologise. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on that note. On that, not that bombshell. Yeah. Thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers. <laughs>